Welcome to Thoughtbox. My name is Treyas. My name is Hannah. And over the news cycle noise, a really big story has been missed. President Biden so far has forgiven $16 billion in student loans. This is the most student loan debt ever forgiven by a president. Though it sounds like a lot, $16 billion is just 1% of America's total student loan debt, a total of $2 trillion. So far, only students with disabilities, those who have been victims of fraud, and those who work in public service have been considered to have their loans forgiven. While campaigning, Biden promised to relieve $10,000 debt per borrower, of which there are 43 million borrowers in the United States. Just about one out of five adults have student debt. So think about student debt like this. There's a $2 trillion wealth transfer from the youngest Americans and their middle-class families to the education institutions. This is putting a huge damper on our economy, and it begs the question of how is this the system that we've decided to create for our country, where the youngest people in our country, we just put on a ton of debt into their pockets before they can even start life. So we talked to two students at Stern about their experiences as well as the larger issues. And, and you just feel miserable. You, you feel like hopeless at the end of the day. There's just this burden on you that you know is never going to be lifted off. And I can speak on this because to an extent I am facing this. I think I'm fortunate enough to have found a good job out of college where I know in the next two years I will be able to pay off these loans. But that's not the reality, right? I, I, I do admit that I have been very, very fortunate with the school I went to and the job I, I got out of college. The impact of student loans, at least in my view, is one of the most underrated financial problems this country's facing. Think about it like this. 50% of students who want to start a company or said they were interested in or start exploring it said they didn't, and the primary reason was to pay off their student loans. And that's what student at Stern even talked about. Oh, like if I didn't have the debt, honestly, I think my, my priorities would be very different. Like I learned like a, apparently a few banks have this like program. I know City has this thing called their service year where you apply to a program. They pay you like I think 50 or 60 percent of your base salary. And then you just go and work at a nonprofit for a year while you're getting paid by the bank itself. If money wasn't like as, as important to me as like I, I need to like pay off my debt as soon as possible, I would definitely consider that would they have pursued finance or business a career that is known to be lucrative and be able to pay back these student loans? Would they have pursued this career had they not taken on additional student debt? Right. It forces a lot of smart kids to get funneled into like the same few jobs. And as a, as a national problem, most new jobs and like, like the majority of all new job creation in this country is from startups, right? You need new jobs, new opportunities being created for people to be hired. And now we're going to all these young people who understand the new economy the best and how it's changing and all these different things are coming out of it and saying, no, 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 like you are gonna be so stifled down with debt, you just need to do like the safe option. Exactly, and intergenerational mobility has also gone down tremendously over the last few decades. So basically, a lot of people who are taking on these student loans, they don't actually know what they're getting into because their parents didn't really have to pay for college a few years ago. You know, college wasn't this huge expensive thing that, you know, really basically tied you down in moving up or moving in between socioeconomic classes. But now that's an issue too. So yeah, let's talk about what intergenerational mobility means. So there's this metric that the government's keep track of for decades, which is essentially, it's very simplified, the likelihood that you will make more money than your parents. And that has kind of been the basis of the American dream. It's kind of been the shining light of America, is that your kids will always be able to out-earn you. 
And that has become less and less true in a very exponential way for our generation. And people are always looking at different reasons, whether it's job creation, whether it's new opportunities. But the truth of the matter is, America has the most vibrant tech sector. We're creating new jobs. The core problem, you cannot tell me, is not the fact that tuition is rising much, much faster than wages are. So put in perspective, in 1970, like you said, our parents barely had to pay for college. You could get a, a education for $2,000. And that's in today's dollars, right? Think about how unimaginable that is. $2,000 for a four-year education. And after that 2K education, the average salary in today's dollars, 59K. Today, that same education is now $36,000. And by the way, this is per year. So now the average salary out of college is around the same, now it's 50K. Think about how much the ROI on your education has fallen. It went from around 30 times to 1.5 times. And I think it's interesting when that we speak about the American dream, you know, as you mentioned, it's basically moving past where your parents were able to make and, you know, achieving something for yourself, making more money. But the fact that you're stuck in the cycle of having to pay back all this debt as college tuition increases, that just decreases your ability to even pay back, to even start the journey in making more than your parents did. So the American dream basically is somewhat broken it's because being stabbed in the back by student by, loans by student loans in our education system so let's talk about why we're here and there's two main reasons that broke the college market one it's the government guarantee of federal loans and two the fact that college is this extreme and elastic good so it all really started in 1965 congress passed this act called the higher education act which guaranteed government subsidized loans for for students pursuing higher education and it's a it's a law with great intent that anyone who wants to get an education money shouldn't be an obstacle that sounds great you yeah know, that sounds like it's gonna help a lot of people out so right? let's say college passed the the coffee act where everything went to a coffee shop and you really want coffee and you don't have three bucks in your pocket the government said no, no no whatever the price is don't worry you have a right no matter to the financial situation to drink this cup of coffee that's so nice of them so what is the coffee shop going to charge you? Are they going to charge you $3? No, 6 They're going to charge you exactly whatever it is they want because the price is guaranteed. Whatever price they have is guaranteed by the government. So that's exactly what the Higher Education Act did with college tuitions. Is every single year, these colleges realize, oh, we're charging two k What about 5 k What about 10 k What about 15 k How far can we push it? Because every time they bump it up, college is this inelastic good. And the government is guaranteeing that whatever the price they put, people are going to take. So people don't really talk about this, but the Department of Education is now one of the largest loan providers in the world. And they only provide loans to high-risk young students. And let's talk about this from the student perspective, right? I mean, as 17-year-olds, you walk into this you know, coffee shop, and they're saying, yeah, here's $6. And you're like, OK. I'll take it. Like yeah. you know, you don't really realize the repercussions. You don't really realize that they're expecting something from you because you're just a 17-year-old. And we've spoken about this with REM at least. Your brain isn't even fully developed then. How are you supposed to make the sound financial decision to take on all this money that is just going to accumulate within four years? You could you could see that you can spend like 15 to 20 minutes on a loan application. Uh, get your parents to sign off quickly and now you have 
$70,000 ready for you to spend. Like think about that, right? $70,000. You could buy high-end cars with that much money. And there's giving it to students with a 15-minute application, a sign-off from their parents, and now you have this liability of a Tesla Model X sitting in your driveway with no way of paying it off, right? You have no cash flows to pay off these interest payments. You're fully either taking on these, uh, on these interest payments or having your parents pay them off. So that's what they're letting you do. They're letting you buy a Model X with no cash flows. And another thing that I found interesting talking about the predatory nature of how the federal government has been basically targeting at risk, very risky people and not doing these background checks is that recently NPR had an internal investigation into the troubled student loan repayment program in which they found that a federal program intended to help low income student loan borrowers and offer them debt cancellation has failed to live up to its promise. So this program is supposed to, you know, routinely check to see who's like eligible to get their student loan debt canceled. And they haven't been doing so it. essentially people who are eligible to get their student debt canceled aren't getting their debt canceled because of this program wow so essentially it's it's just withholding information from people to let them leave money on the table it's crazy what's interesting is like you look at you look at any other market and you would pay a higher price for higher quality of education right and that's another that's the second main issue that right is now we're talking about like how college has become this like inelastic good is you would assume at a certain point where if the government was guaranteeing whatever price it is customers would reach a price point like in any supply demand equation where they're like this is too high i'm not going to pay this much money i think it's worth to go to community school trade school whatever as an alternative and people kept theorizing since like 1990 oh cost of tuition is going so up eventually everyone's going to start going to community college yeah the demand will decrease demand will decrease it never happened and how has it been able to do that? I mean, I think w- there's one component for me at least. It's that as the prices have increased, so has the accessibility to these loans, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't even realize as the consumer that the prices are increasing so much because you're just able to take on more loans as the prices increase. So there's that segment and there's that element to it, but then there's a second element. There's also this really, really tangible stigma that people have against those who go to trade school, vocational school, and community college programs, because you know, you go to any high school and you tell them, oh, you know, I'm gonna go to Harvard. And then you compare that to a kid saying, oh, you know what, I'm gonna make the right financial decision and go to a community college. No one is gonna be like, oh, you're going to community college because that was the right financial decision. They'll be like, you're going to community college because that's what you have to do. That's the best you could do, right? There's this stigma where now, as a society, no student feels comfortable saying, or turning down a four-year education because they're told since a young age before you can critically think about finding your place in the world that you need to do a four-year education to have a place to have a job and to have a fighting chance and making money for your family it's either you pay 70k and take out 70k in student loans for an okay education or you're a freaking loser yeah so that's what's kind of forcing college to be this inelastic good unlike any other good in the world where there's nothing that you could sell to someone saying like if you don't have this your life is over except for education 
right? It's this great hack that colleges have found. Right, and I think a lot of what students are finding themselves faced with is that they're basically forced to go to college, right? So they choose these schools that may not have as prestigious as a name as Harvard. Then they graduate and they realize that this name that they thought was so good and that was gonna help them out may not actually hold as much as they thought it would in terms of getting them and helping them land a job. So ultimately, they're left with all this student debt, not a good enough job to pay back all the student debt because of society's expectations as well as colleges basically saying you you need to come to our institutions and then all these student loans that are just given out free and they're not able to even find a solid good landing job to help pay back all this debt yeah we asked the um people we interviewed how much of the student body at nyu they think would um say that nyu is just like for the name and like helping you get an open doors versus like how many people are here because of the actual job preparation and they said easily like 80% of people are here just because of the name. The entirety of that chunk is just for the validation of having NYU on my resume. That's that's what I'm paying for. I know I'm not paying for the education. That's a slim aspect of it. I genuinely, like, if you ask me realistically, it, how different is the, the quality of your education at a community college versus a prestigious institution? Sure, you're learning from esteemed faculty, but accounting is accounting. It doesn't matter where, where you learn it. It's the exact same content. What matters way more is the pedigree, the, the backing of the university that you attend that's on your resume forever. So we just underlined a lot of issues with the system, but how do we really fix it? Is this from the federal side or is this from a college side? The first thing is we need to find some kind of alternative, I think, to the federal loan guarantee because it's an incredibly good intention program, but when you just make it one, so easy for people to get loans, and two, just guarantee that whatever the price is that college wants to charge students, that they will get that price. It's just not a sustainable system, right? You know, tuition is expected to rise by 5% every single year. That's outpacing inflation and wage growth. So the way to tackle that thing is to bring back the competition where schools have to be actually competing for students' dollar and also get hit by it. So this example could be is having a system where the loans that the student takes out, 20% of those loans comes directly from the school. So if a student is being charged X amount, 20% of that X amount, the school itself is lending to the student so this to pay him back. So the school directly has a stake in their students' success. Right, because if schools underprepare their students and they don't get a job, then they take that hit financially. But also now they're being forced to loan a ton of money to all these like at-risk students. It makes them realize, wow, we can't loan them this much money. We have to decrease costs somewhere so we can cut down our prices. Another issue that needs to be addressed is, I guess, the whole brand name of colleges and getting rid of the stigma that these elite institutions are the only places that students should be look should be hired from. I mean, at the end of the day, as we talked about during our interviews, students believe that they could be receiving the exact same education, probably the same resources from like Rutgers and NYU. At the end of the day, accounting is accounting. But as you mentioned, because there's the NYU brand name, quote unquote, of things, people tend to, people at NYU or students tend to be able to access other jobs that may be harder 
for another student from another school to access. So we just need to, employers need to focus more on skills rather than just hiring students from brand name schools. Right, having a more skills assessment based application process. And I think colleges in general need to make that change too. I mean, recently NYU posted like on all their social media platforms, look at how many more applicants applied this year and our acceptance rate has been at a historical low. Like, you know, it's kind of a brag for colleges to even like maintain their prestige. So colleges need to focus less also on, you know, giving off this ultimate like, oh, colleges elite brand. Right. Colleges need to realize that they're servicers of education for as many people as possible rather than flaunting how few people they're able to give it to every year. It's a really backward system in every way possible. This created a system where they're, they're skewing the supply and demand graph even more by trying to limit limit the supply, right. And then what we're left with is just this awful system that every young person should take $100,000 in debt to have a fighting chance in this economy, and none of it makes sense. So what are your thoughts? Is our college system broken? Is our federal loans program broken? Email us at specs at stern.nyu.edu.